And we are back at Ron the KVB. While we were in commercial break, uh, we actually had another signing drop as Milo Hughes is also deciding to stay in Miami. So Miami didn't quite strike out at all. Wow. Miami ended up only losing Watson? Correct. <laughs> wow. I mean, to I, be honest, I, hate to la- I think if I they mean, can I, have the I pick. I, I hate to laugh at, you know, like, but it's just the the irony of everything that you talked about, about he's the one guy that wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, it's the one guy that Miami wanted to keep. I'm sure they'd be, would have been okay with everybody else leaving as long as Watson stayed. He averaged 33 points and eight boards last season. Averaged 32 points and six in the playoffs. Lights out, arguably one of the top five to ten players in the league. Yeah. I mean, obviously, his he loses the one guy he didn't want to lose, but keeps the rest. So here's my question to you then. So you're losing your, your small forward, correct? Um, you you keep everything else in peace, which makes you believe that you can you're still a team that can do some damage if you decide to go for it and not now just use all those pieces to sell off. So, who's to say now that the Heat don't maybe then come to somebody like the Knicks and ask for uh, Bernard Saxela? Now, they're not under, not exactly. Well, here's sorry. Here's two two things. Here is that in before we had heard about what was going on in New York, and there was a time that. New York wasn't necessarily answering my calls <laughs> because of some of the things I said, <laughs> which I can't blame him for. But um, we, we there was a there was a discussion amongst the league, and you know, again, if if we can just rewind and look at the Knicks from a different perspective, the larger question was, and and I think this this would this would really go for you know any team in this type of a situation is let's just put the whole Nick situation aside is that um, if you have an elite talent and he's a certain age and your team is in this predicament where you we're talking about the cap situation, right? And I guess the franchise is looking at it as we have to go into a certain direction with said player and possibly waste years of his talents because we put ourselves in this situation. Like if you're the Knicks and you don't think you can win, do you want to potentially capitalize on, on the player now? And, you know, there's a big discussion on, could they have just waited and taken the best potential offer? And, you know, obviously that, yes, I think in any situation you, you could wait, but did they like the, the offer they got at that time was Carlson, a guy that he really coveted. You know, I get it, but we had talked about, Best, canar- best case scenarios of them being able to salvage cap. And I mean, it was outrageous, but I went so far as to say, you know, could they give away B-Rat? You know, could they give away this player? You know, like obviously they ended up getting, you know, could they have given away Prawl? You know, now they ended up getting Bamazi and, uh, and like you said, Timkins, which is theoretically, you know, even better. And, and I mean, the Clippers flat out came out and said they would have taken AGS with Prawl. But again, you know, then the Knicks don't end up with the assets. So what we did is we kind of went through a little role play of, 
you know, what would it take for the Knicks to become, you know, almost shed all that cap and have Cameron and would they still have even been able to have Prawl? But it, then it all comes back to they don't have all the they don't have all the assets they have now, you know. And again, if Carlson's a piece that they want to have, you know, we can just talk in circles. But it was just more so trying to figure out who they could dump. And you know, some people said, "Oh, I don't think they can give B Rat away." But I mean, now you bring up a good point. I know it took me like ten minutes to get to the point, but the point <laughs> is, is uh, <laughs> the point is, is. The, is do the cap do the do the Heat still have some sort of cap or position where would they take on a guy like B Rat? And I, and I kept saying that is once free agency's over. I mean, look, we talked about the Lakers. The Lakers now don't have their picks, and they're going to have all this cap space. So if you're the Knicks and you go to the Lakers right now and you say, "I will give you B Rat for free," it does he just say, "Screw it, I want to wait for next season's free agency." Or does he potentially take on a guy like B-Rat because it can push him over for this current season when he doesn't have his pick? Like, I, I'm a firm believer that if you have a guy that could potentially be – I mean, he only has two years left. Now, again, I wouldn't know what the Knicks are exactly looking for. But if they literally need to give away B-Rat, there are teams that are going to whiff. Like, we talked about the Blazers. The Blazers right now have only signed Holland. We don't exactly know what Holland got. But let's say Holland didn't get – I'm assuming he didn't get $15 million. You know, the, the, the Blazers had 16, even if he got 10. You know, the Blazers now have $6 million. The Blazers are the kind of team that would say, oh, I would, you know, like he didn't think B-Rat could be given away, yet he's the kind of GM that would just take B-Rat for free. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, I, know no, I agree. But, but I guess if I'm looking at the Heat, I think the biggest question is the Heat just lost Watson to the Sonics. I personally don't see any situation where the Heat try to contend. I just don't. And I, I agree with you on that. I think it's too much of a loss. And, um, you know, just thinking that no matter what I do, can I even, you know, can I even beat this team? And the one team that we haven't even talked about that hasn't changed at all is your current champion, the New Orleans Jazz. They're still there. And they ain't going anywhere. No. I And, and I know just in talking to the Jazz, because I don't think the Jazz – wanted to give me all the stuff they had to to get Fallwell. I think they just wanted the best of both worlds and Fallwell made a lot of money. So I know that there were guys that he valued that he had to give me that, you know, a lot of other people didn't value, you know, that I know that are potential targets for him to potentially get back. And, you know, we're not married to these guys in Oklahoma City, but at the same time, you know, we kind of already helped the Jazz out. You know, I don't I don't think we're going to be in the business of keeping helping out these people for free. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. <laughs> like if you want to, if we got expirings, we can talk, but uh, just shuffling salary around, I don't think is optimal, but I think the jazz are going to be focused on getting their bench situation squared away. You know, I think they were really worried about that last season and, you know, a guy like Elliot can come off the bench and play four positions. But I mean, I, I don't remember, um, you know, obviously we weren't really much involved in the playoffs, so I'm not going to lie if I wasn't looking towards, you know, what, what is, what was going to happen after that. But at the same time, you know, the Jazz is the kind of team that, you know, we talk about playoff injuries so often that they really couldn't afford any sort of an injury. And obviously, I'm assuming they got kind of lucky where they didn't get hit by the injury bug. But with how thin that team is, you know, they're really good. But some of those teams in the main are pretty good, too. And I think you could have swung either way if they would have gotten hit, you know. Well, I mean, not just not just talk about that. But, I mean, if you remember um, the fantastic interview that we had with RV from the Jazz, he, he talked about, you know, he, 
you have to get lucky to win the championship. There's some luck that is involved with it, no doubt about it, right? And he said there were three matchups that worried him. And that was the Lions, the Bulls, and the Suns. And he ended up not having to play one of them. I mean, that's that works out pretty well. Yeah, and well, I mean, obviously two of them he would have only had to face in the finals. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's only one of them he can play, right? But the fact that he had to, it was, for all of us, a foregone conclusion, he's going to have to play either the Bulls or the Lions. But no, instead, he doesn't have to play either, and he gets the Hornets. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I think one of the GMs threw in, a ch- uh, in our, you know, league discussion table and said that, oh, crap, now that, you know, they have to DC for the Hornets. I don't think that was coming. You know, it's it's it's, it's funny how it worked out. And, you know, the, the Hornets have given us a lot of crap on the, for the show, but they were on an incredible run. Um, but I think that year they maxed out as far as they could um, with their matchup versus the Jazz. But for them, what they did in the Landros to get to the final is absolutely tremendous uh, when nobody... And I say nobody had picked the goal so far. So that's, um, you know, hats off to the to the Hornets. And we didn't actually, we didn't mention that earlier, but obviously the Hornets lose Boudreaux. And he was a huge part in that run. Now, yes. We, we know that guys like Bryant are much improved. Um, he still got Ruzic. And then he traded Sorath, correct, on draft. He traded Sorath for a pick. And, and that might not have worked out at first glance. I forget who we got. Do you have any idea who we got? Um, I will tell you in a second, even though my technology is dying on me. Um, but I will, if you give me one second. So he ended up picking seventh. And with that pick, he obviously was looking for his Boudreaux um, replacement because he picked uh, power forward Danny Hernandez. Hernandez is actually pretty good. I, I liked Hernandez. He was definitely one of my targets. Um, the thing I would look at, if, if you look at Sorath, I mean, Sorath, is, is, he's your prowl type guy right there. He's yeah. the kind of guy that maybe he doesn't like him, but, you know, I think, yeah, Hernandez, right, Hernandez is going to give him back the scoring, but Sorath was, uh, he wasn't a starter for him, but he played 30 minutes. I mean, I hate to say it. This was a team that made the finals, and I think they took a huge step back. Like, a, like I obviously, it's going to depend on how much KD can carry them. But, I mean, they lost Boudreaux straight up. As of right now, we don't know what they got to potentially replace him. Um, Small still started for them. Smalls is going to end up being uh, expiring. And, you know, however much impact we think Sorath potentially had, you know, Hernandez isn't going to be Boudreaux. So how good is this team going to potentially be next year in the Landros? The Landros is still going to be super interesting. They didn't get Watson. And I'm trying to think, have we had any huge, like the Pacers as of right now, if we're looking at <clears throat> Pacers struck out completely, right? Yes. Are we having the Pacers as a team we have not mentioned yet? So, And then, you know what? I don't know how much they had to offer. Did they not have anything? Didn't the Celtics have a teeny bit? Didn't they have like 10 mil? Maybe. Maybe uh, not. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, if you look at, you know, and that's something we covered in our first segment earlier today, 
the Celtics made so many trades, um, adding small contracts. So I wonder how much money they really had left after this. So they might they might have kind of screwed themselves out of salary. I'm going to take a quick look, just for argument's sake, on people's incoming, and they might have had nothing. This is moot. They had nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, I think it's the combination of the the players they got resulted in them not having anything. Correct. Correct. And we so we looked at so just quick glance. So the Heat got their guys. The Sonics got Watson. As of right now, the Nets got nobody. Correct? No. Um. You know what? From what I understand, I don't even think the Nets made any attempt to sign anyone. Anybody. Which is, which is also a huge head scratcher with as much cap space that they had available. Um. In the meantime, <laughs> I just had this. A huge list of players dropped that we now have now signed with other teams. Okay, let's go. All right, you ready for this? Give me. I know. Uh, look, I got some through. offers. I'd like to hear my name be called here in the next. So, so. we we we, we got to get through this quickly because we are so shortly running out of airtime. Um, Joseph Bowman, Mister Negative Value, is moving to the Timberwolves. Caden Stinson is going to the Sonics. Uh, Mr. Bishop is going to the Sonics. Damn it. Ben <laughs> Weaver is going to the Heat. Um, Bell is going to the Heat. Rigado is going to the Hawks. I like that and... Bell signing for the, the Heat. He loves Bell. I agree. I agree. I think Bell was actually on that championship team. Uh, Fucking Omer. Right. Come on, man. Oh. I, um, Malcolm Bishop was like the only guy I wanted. Homer's just screwing me left and right today. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I already know your answer for my off-the-walk question later. <sighs> um, but here's the thing. And then last but not least, Marco Ferrer is not going to the Sonics. He's going to the Lakers. Okay, so Lakers got somebody. The Lakers got one. They got the one. Lakers got one. So, so if if I'm looking at this correct, from what you said, those could all be MLEs, maybe. Uh yeah, they don't. It doesn't look like there's any big money there, right? Yeah. Um, see, that was the thing, and I have to admit, Malcolm Bishop was a guy that I got too cute with my offers, and I really wanted. He was going to be the last guy that I was going to stick on my MLE, and I said, you know what? I don't know if anyone likes this guy. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously. I just didn't think anyone liked him. So I'm like, I'm going to get cute. And I split my offer up because I was targeting a couple other guys that I really don't think people were going to offer on that I just wanted to fuck around with. And I think I screwed myself. I really wanted a guy like Bishop to start at small forward. The guy looks like an elite three-point shooter that has been buried on Atlanta. Somehow Atlanta got him on a two-year contract recently. And I've been eyeing that guy. And I blew it. And freaking Sonics. God damn it. How's that pick looking for you right now? Huh. So, oh. I'll give you a second for it. Um, that's probably what you can get at this point, it seems like. Now, um, there's still some guys I'm interested to see where, they, where, they, where they're going. Uh, Stone is still out there. J.P. Matthews is still out there. Jake Morris is still out there. Um, Zaron Daniels is still out there. Um, Villa Alba is still available. Um Gruseki Shigor is still available. 
Um, Gintas, Gintas is out Gint- there. See, Gintas, <laughs> and I will, I will tell you this. I know for a fact that the Knicks made an offer for Gintas. I was looking uh, at uh, the. I can tell you, the Thunder were eyeing Gintas and Lagros in yep. some combination with Bishop, and we clearly got too cute. Now I'm, so, I'm hoping I can get one of them just to fritz around with one of them at small forward. But oh man. What a fan. Um, but yeah, so if we look at that draft class, uh, 46 draft class, you have a bunch of those guys that were, they were cut this year prior to RFA. And, I, you know, and as I was discussing on, on my se- first segment earlier, I think a lot of the reason has to do with the fact that people were literally just wanting to have as much cap space as possible and just not even wanting to give the qualifying offers to guys like Gintas, Legros, Marcus. Madsen, Chalepa, Cordes, Wilkinson, Tevis, Altmaier. I mean, you have that whole... Oh, I forgot about Cordes, too. He's a nice little yeah. point guard. I like him. Yeah. So, so there, I said, there's plenty of still role players out there um, that are obviously not requiring, you know, big-time money. You're probably um, going to see, you're probably going to see, as we usually do, the forgottens. Like a guy like J.P. Matthews, I would not be shocked if he gets a minimum contract on a good team. Yeah. Because... People just, when they put their offers in, they're like, do I really want to pay this guy? Unless someone gives him like some weird two or three year deal where he's getting like three or four million. I don't think even he's, that's like an MLE type guy, you know, unless you're like a team like the Celtics that already had him, but you know, you're probably going to put your money elsewhere and then you can find these kind of sneaky guys for the minimum. Like you definitely rattled off a lot of guys now. Uh, I guess we'll see. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, so we have about another five minutes of airtime. We'll see if we can get another drop of players before then, uh, before we're going to have to call the day. Um, but this has been, I will say, this has been great. The fact that we've been able to do this live, uh, I think that's something new. I really appreciate you being part of it. I mean, this has been this has been a lot of fun. I agree, and thank you so much to the league office for literally allowing us to, you know in an unprecedented manner, being able to break the news of so many of these, of uh, the league office hasn't even leaked any of this other than, you know, to us at this point. So being able to do the draft live, so to speak, maybe on a slight time delay for everybody else has truly been a pleasure. Now, uh, real quick, one last thing uh, before we go, I'd like to ask you, you know, if you have a time to take a look at the quick glance, if we're looking at, you know, the biggest winners slash losers and then i know you probably have a final question for me but who do you think the biggest winners and losers are coming out of this as we see it right now i mean the biggest winner right now has to be the sonics right i mean there's um i don't see anywhere around not to have the sonics not only getting watson but just getting some of these guys that they're signing on small deals that look like not a big thing but Guys that will are going to help. Um, so I really like what the Sonics have done. They've already obviously had a couple of good places in in place. Uh, but getting Watson is, you know, he was the, the ticket. He was the reason to while people go to, you know, are interested in free agency. Um, so for Sonics getting that, I think was huge. I will also say that, you know, despite losing Watson, I think Miami did a pretty good job. Um, you know, getting Boudreaux, Getting Milo back, re-signing Kennington, um, and then small guys like you know Bell, who's proven has proven himself well in in Miami, and Weaver as well, who's another good defensive shooting guard. Um, I think those are the teams that stick out to me have done well so far. Um, biggest loser it, to me has got to be by far the Lakers. 
And the reason is of what they did leading up to FA to put themselves in this scenario and completely striking out on and their plans and now losing two potential lottery picks in the process. What are your thoughts? Funny enough, I think one of my biggest losers is one of your kind of winners. And I still think it's the Heat. I look at the Heat as one of the biggest losers because he gambled on being able to re-sign the franchise player. And I guess the idea is you just don't want to give up that chance. And ultimately, he got nothing for him. He took the risk and he could have gotten something. Now, again, he he publicly has said that it was really going to be not as much as he, he wanted and he, he can live with it. But when you look at that franchise, they ultimately, the an elite superstar talent left and he could have theoretically gotten something for him. But now, he, did, uh, he saved face. That's fine. You know, I, I get it. But when all is said and done, he lost a player for nothing. And, so, and, you know, and, and he goes to one of the major competitors in the conference. Granted, he was going to go into a rebuild anyways. Um, but sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to, I mean, so in the big, in a big scheme of things, I totally agree with you um, as to the heat losing in this scenario. I'm just going with, you know, completely look at today, not leading up to this, because if you're going to lose Watson, you should have done it a while ago when you were actually going to get, you know, prime possessions for him. Um, well, he did but, get, wait, did he, he did get Boudreaux, correct? Or no? he, he added Boudreaux. That's, that was an addition. That was not a keep. So, did he get Hughes too? He got Hughes as well. Mila oh, okay. Hughes. So he added Boudreaux and then actually kept Hughes, added Bell. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, okay. So, so I, I'll take that back. I'm, I'm, I don't think he's necessarily the biggest loser because he's got clearly a ton of stuff to trade now. Yes. A lot of stuff that he can move. So it's not like he completely whiffed. I am with you on, and this is going to be the both sides of the coin, is that I think no matter what, the Lakers are the biggest losers because – they traded their picks, whatever they might be, for no real reason at this point, because they could have probably signed whoever they got for whatever they had. And you could say that we won't know yet. And while it's very possible that the Lakers make the playoffs, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, the, the Sonics are your clear biggest winner based upon they got Watson. But what happens if the Cleveland, if Cleveland ends up with a pick that they basically got for free and it ends up jumping in the lottery? Yeah. I and mean, and the irony, we can just keep going. The irony of ironies with all of these Lakers stuff is how many times, you know, the Lakers ended up with the, one of the top picks like one time. He's been in the lottery how many times? And he's had cap space this often. And imagine the Cavs getting a pick that jumps when he's finally trades his pick for no reason. You know, so that's a potential biggest winner, biggest loser. Um, I mean, and, and you know what? I, I don't I don't care. I don't. You're telling me the Nets made no offers. That's for, for my understanding, correct? Like, we, it's, if there's not a bigger sign that the Nets should have a change in ownership, I don't know what else there is. He was, the guy was, he was around within the last few days, and they didn't make a single offer. You know, they gave away Boudreaux for free. They made, a draft on dra- they made a trade on draft day without even shopping the situation. And now we have a situation where we have the, one of the biggest free agents in over, a, you know, a probably – what this is monumental. We we haven't had one of these elite talents, let alone the, the the rest of the players. You look at you know you talk about the Heat. You know the Nets had upwards of thirty three million in cap space and did nothing. Like what's the point? What's going on in New Jersey? Because there's nothing going on. 
I I don't disagree with you there. It's um, it's a little bit, loss of words kind of scenario is what it is. So that's that's all I can say about that one. Um, but before I let you go, before I ask you my final question. Oh wait, I'm uh, the, wait. Hold on, I'm the biggest loser here. <laughs> well, you're not looking great. You're not looking great. Let's say like that. <laughs> that Sonics pick was looking tasty and not so much. Yeah, I mean, you not only that, but you've had you know shotguns and pistols that all shoot the same distance, and you got your FIFA card is just not working out for you. Um, you you ready? You ready to give the Knicks GM an absolute crapshoot for for a trade, and then you can't because it's a pretty delicate scenario. And then now the all picks that you have from the Sonics are just going to go right down the trash. So it's it's looking great for you, my friend. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you this. Hey, I've before, got Grant, before I've I ask got, you two more I've questions. I've got Grant Jarvis to, to root for. Say again? I've got Grant Jarvis to root for. There we go. Let's go with, let's go with Jarvis. Let's hope, <laughs> let's hope he, he turns out in something. I do have four more players for you that found new homes. Oh, right. Um, Bircher went to the Clippers. J.P. Matthews went to the Suns. Uh, Darius Stone went to the 76ers and Anton Shigor went to the Hornets. I, I love all, actually, I love all four of those. Those are good spots for all four of those players. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that makes sense. So, um, good job on these guys. And obviously, we don't know all the details of the money yet, but we don't think this is any, any massive money. So, with that, uh, being something I've been meaning to ask you, uh, for a while now. Um, since last time I went into your arena to do, uh, you know, to watch one of the games on the second level, you guys have this unbelievable oval bar that I absolutely love. So I got to ask you about that one. Um, let's say you're the bartender of that bar. First of all, which GM do you think would come up with the most creative drink for you to, for you to, to make, um, which GM will be the best tipper? And third, which GM would you actually want to just absolutely spill, throw your drink in their face? Well, we know number three coming into today. I mean, I would say that Omer would have been the person that I would have wanted to buy the drink for. And now I'm flat out going to throw it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Could probably throw one in the lion's face for getting so involved in the Sonics mess. Um, but if we're, so we're talking about, uh, who, who will be the best tipper and who would have the most creative drink? The, the funny thing, I, I keep mentioning his name, but like, I think bubbles would have the most creative drink. He's, he's a, he's a pretty solid Instagram food guy. I forget what food porn, <laughs> not maybe not a, a ton of drinks, but I know he does partake in the tasty beverages, um, as well as possibly some other things. So I know that uh, I think he would be very good at creative drinks. Um, and then the biggest tipper. Oh, that's a tough one. Who doesn't care? <laughs> oh, I stumped. I stumped you. I love it. The biggest tipper. See, I would almost go so far as somebody like Ricky, but I know Ricky doesn't drink at all. <laughs> Correct. I know that for a fact as well. <laughs> so, uh, see, I have no idea. I mean, it, it could, you know what? It could potentially be somebody like Allrim. 
you know, because Allrim just has no qualms about throwing the money around. Oh, that is true. <laughs> However, you are not a female bartender, so that's going to hurt you with getting tips from him. <laughs> this is true. But either way, I guess one day, hopefully, we can have drinks with Allrim and we'll, we'll see how well he actually tips. Um, anyway, that is it for us for tonight. Uh, Gule, I very much appreciate you coming back on the show. You've been fantastic as always. And I cannot wait to speak to you again. And good luck to you and your Thunder, despite all the mishaps that you guys had today. Thank you. It was a pleasure yet again. All right. Good night. Good night. And KBBL, stay classy. <laughs>